I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Liam, how's things? All good. Thanks, Rich. How's things with you? Yeah, not complaining. Thank you. Got a got a, a bumper show. This is going to be a long one. So uh, so let's dive straight into it. We are joined by another fantastic guest, one half of the Five Yard Brush DFS pod, and that is Nick of Wigan, live from Wigan. How you doing, Nick? <laughs> I'm good, fellas. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for coming on. It's great, great to have you back. I think is this this your third appearance on the pod with me? So yeah, that you sounds, get your match ball. Sounds about right. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's the third on this one, Rich, or it's one on here and maybe one on. Oh, uh, we did the live. We, we yeah, did the podathon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. maybe you. I'll, I'll take back your match ball. Then you don't get that quite yet. Yeah, VAR ruled out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but today we're we're going to talk about. Um, Essentially, some some alternative win now players to target. So this is yes, we could sit here and talk about your Brady's, your Rogers, your, your Zeke's, your Austin Ecklers, and Adam Thielen's. But but we're we're trying to look a little bit different. But before we we kind of dive into that, I guess I wanted to to answer a question I've been getting a lot, um, and also have a little bit of a rant. Um, and it's mainly around the the kind of trading currently. In, in dynasty leagues and one of the questions i'm getting asked all the time is i'm sending good offers 
and, and nobody's interested. Um, and I think that at this time of year, owners aren't feeling what I class as the pain. Um, and it's basically that everybody in your league thinks they're a contender. And everybody in your league can look at their roster and see it as glass half full. They can look at Raheem Moster and say that he's going to be a, a solid RB2 for them. They can look at, you know, their, their two starting quarterbacks in a Superflex league and go, well, well, that's fine. I've got two quarterbacks, I'm covered. Until we get into season, people don't feel the pain of fantasy football. And also people aren't interested in draft picks. And I think that that's the thing you need to remember at this time of year is that at the moment, everybody's super optimistic about their rosters. Nobody's really in true rebuild mode. So it's difficult to pull off those picks for players' trades at this time of year. Nicky, are you finding that in your leagues at the moment? Yeah, I definitely, yeah. I think we're in that trade cycle, aren't we, that we go through every year where the draft's over with, we're counting down to the season starting. And like you said, Rich, everyone's trying to restock and retool and make sure you've got the best roster available to compete, make the playoffs, win the chip, whatever it is. But I think, like you said, it's I think everyone is in that same position where they think, well, you know, you look at your roster on paper and you think, you know, this this is a roster that could potentially compete. So, like you said, the, the you know picks and stuff like that and a premium. I think this is one of the hardest times to actually make any deals and trades because I think people way overvalue the players, and you can understand it in one sense because they're trying to get the, the best that they can to give themselves an opportunity to compete. But it really, it really sort of dilutes the trade market if you will like you see trades that are coming off that should never happen I don't think but it's just that there's such a variance in how people value their players to how they value yours yeah and I think we also get in that point the year where people kind of switch off their dynasty minds and and become um, kind of redraft focused and you know we're going to talk about it today when we're talking about win now players these are guys that you know will probably have a greater value in redraft than they would in dynasty. And it's, it's why we're going to try and avoid the, you know, the obvious names. But I think that it's, it's that challenging time of year and you have to really work hard to, you know, find those win-win trades in order to get them done. Liam, do, do you think that the trades are still possible or do you think it's a case of this next month switch off? You're not going to be able to find those trades, just focus on the, the waiver wire and until we actually get real football? I think you've definitely got the opportunity to, and this is where people that are knowing that they're going into the season with a rebuild are going to reap the rewards because, as you said, everyone's in redraft mode. So picks are the lowest point value-wise that they're ever going to be. They're only going to increase from now on. Um, so if you are in redraft mode, getting picks now, and then you'll be able to flip them after the season for nearly twice the value. It, if you're in a rebuild, now is the best time to trade and get rid of those um, players that are going to score points on your roster. I think if you're contending, you've not got a chance to try and get anyone really. Um the only thing that you can really say is trade players for players. 
I don't think you're ever going to get anything else. You're not going to be able to include picks to increase the value by as much as you'd think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that picks are, are at their cheapest. You know, we talk about the pick cycle and they sort of rise and fall in value, but this is where they're at their cheapest, certainly. Um, so diving into the the kind of the bulk of the show, we, we're going to talk through some win now players. We're going to, you know, talk about prices. We will always give prices in terms of draft picks. Now that's to give you an idea of where we're kind of valuing them. Obviously, as Liam's just said there, we're probably looking to move players for players in, in this kind of current circumstance. So Nick, let's let's come straight to you with your quarterback that you're you're looking to acquire um, for a win now. Yeah, I think I've gone with Kirk Cousins here. And I think Kirk Cousins, for me personally, Kirk Cousins is I think he's a better fantasy player than the actual quarterback that you see in person in that when you look at his scores he's quite consistent year on year he actually had his best year last year as well um i mean he's in this is this is the kind of quarterback where as it stands right now if you're looking to win now he is in perfect situation because he's got arguably one of the best two wide receiver tandems in in the league with jefferson and thielen there's all the talk of the Irv Smith breakout year. It didn't come last year. Is it coming this year? It may well do. I saw a nice little video of him snagging a ball in the back of the end zone in training yesterday. Delvin Cook is, you know, we know what Delvin Cook is. He's a top three running back. He supports you in the backfield. He supports you coming out of the backfield. You could not ask for a better set of offensive weapons there, really, if you're Kirk Cousins. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere, in my opinion, until at the earliest it's going to be next off season, and realistically, it's going to be the off season after. So it's going to be twenty twenty three, and I think one of the things with Kirk Cousins is you can get him probably a little bit cheaper than maybe you could have got him last season or even you know prior to the draft because of the fact that they've drafted Kellen Mond and some. Dynasty owners that might own might own Kirk Cousins maybe thinking is his long term in Minnesota that do I want that uncertainty on my roster do I cash in for him now whilst I can whilst his price is it is maybe at its highest it's going to be for the rest of his career. Um, that said, you know you you might be able to acquire him for a little bit less than his actual true value because of Kellen Mond if people are a little bit concerned and do want to shop him round. Um, but you know, he's when you actually look at his numbers, he, he's he's not amongst the sort of top ten to twelve quarterbacks, but he's in that next tier for me. And I think even if he does leave Minnesota, you know, he, he's going to be starting somewhere else. There's plenty of teams every single season that enter the season quarterback hungry. You know, Indianapolis are now quarterback hungry. It's not to say that, you know, someone like a Kirk Cousins comes in, but it just goes to show this quarterback carousel we have throughout the league. You know, he's he's gonna he's gonna leave Minnesota at some point and he's gonna go and join another team and he's gonna more than likely be the starting quarterback there as well. And what he did last season, you know, it's he's not I don't think it's being talked about enough when you look at the numbers. Thirty five touchdowns, thirteen interceptions, four thousand passing yards. That's a great season for a quarterback, let's be honest. That's a that's a good quarterback season. We're not talking MVP numbers, but 
you know, if this is if this is one of your top ten guys, you're quite happy with that kind of season from your quarterback. There's there's no doubt that Kirk Cousins is is solid, but for me, he he's just like I describe him as cornflakes. Okay, you wake up in the morning, you are never excited to have cornflakes for breakfast. You are never excited to put Kirk Cousins in your starting lineup. Yes, it will do you his job. Your cornflakes will fill you up. They'll see you through till, you know, your mid-morning snack or lunchtime or whatever. But you never feel great. He is just a bland, unsexy option. And whilst I agree that he is a fantastic guy to go and buy, and, and that's probably why, because he is unsexy, because he is bland, his value is, you know, less than what it will return. But but it's just it just doesn't get you excited, does it? What do you think, Len? I mean, he finished as the QB eleven last year, and so I can't argue with this at all. Looking at his contract, his contract is is he accounts for seventy six million dollars on the dead cap if they do cut in this year, which they obviously won't. And then next year, it doesn't get much better. It only drops to forty five mil. So. Well, he's not going anywhere in the next two years. So even if you buy him, you're going to get two years of production out of him. And it's not going to be bad production as he's shown previously. I think this is an absolute great pick. The only thing I'd be concerned about is the price. But as you both said, the price isn't going to be much because people are going to be worrying about Kellen Mond. So if you do find that owner in your in your league that is worrying and he's got Kirk Cousins, I definitely think if you can send him an offer and try and get Kirk Cousins at this point, he would be a great quarterback too. Yeah, I, I think for me, if I'm if I'm having Kirk Cousins as my QB two, then I'm going for pure upside with my QB three because I, I like to try and balance my QB two and QB three. So if I've got a safe option at QB two, then I'll go for uh, you know one of the rookies or Jameis or someone like that. Or, but if I've got a you know a Jalen Hurts as my QB two, then I'll probably pump for a, a Derek Carr or something like that as my QB three. I mean, Nick, what what do you think Kirk Cousins' ceiling could be? I think we've seen his ceiling. In all honesty, I think his ceiling is what you got from him last season, production wise. Um, you know, he's 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 just he's coming off his his career high year. I don't think it's going to improve much more than that because otherwise we're starting to talk about him, you know, in and around that sort of 10 to maybe six region quarterback wise. And I don't think, I don't think he's consistent enough to have that in his game. Um, One thing I would say, Rich, is I completely get your point on the conflicts, but we're talking win now players and sometimes though you might not want to reach for the conflict box sometimes it you, you do reach for it and it's doing exactly the same job it's just not as appealing as maybe the honey cheerios might be or something like that i think the point is i'm trying to make is this isn't a sexy pick kirk cousins does not get bums on seats however he does do a job he does do that job pretty well in a quarterback league He's coming off his best season. And if you're in win now, I think that's the kind of player where you target because 
who is you, there's not really any emotional ties I don't think to a Kirk Cousins kind of player where someone can really demand a little bit more for him than what what his value is. I think this is why you do get him a little bit cheap because no one's really that bothered about owning a Kirk Cousins. Everyone's too bothered about owning Josh Allen or the next great rookie quarterback that's coming through. I think Kirk Cousins flies under the radar and sometimes his performances do warrant you know, the criticism he gets. But I think if you're win now and you're looking for that second or third quarterback and you can get him at the right price, go and get him. Sometimes your team needs a bit of conflict. 100%. If you can move, if you're win now and you can move a, you know, a Mac Jones or someone like that, that I think is probably going to be the next bland quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, he, he's got that bit of luster because he's, he's a rookie and that kind of thing. I think that would be a, a good move to go and make. So coming to you then, Liam, your, your quarterback pick for win now. Where are we going? So again, I'm going for down the QB 2-3 route and I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. I think last year we saw Teddy Bridgewater support three top 25 wide receivers in Carolina. Um, you love that stat, don't you? I, I do. I, I've got to bring it up. <laughs> it's once a week. I've, I've got to bring it up. Um, and then that was without CMC, with a, with a with a Mike Davis that no one really thought anything of until last year. And Sam Darnold comes into the situation. He's already got a rapport with Anderson. Um, and then they brought in Terrace Marshall this year. The um, the OC Joe Brady has a rapport with already from college, and CMC is going to come back healthy. Fingers crossed. So I don't see why Sam Darnold can't do what Teddy did last year, and Teddy ended up as the QB nineteen last year. Not a great season. He's not going to win new leagues, but if he's your QB two and he's turning up around the QB 18 mark, that's going to put you above a lot of the competition when you're trying to compete. Even better if he's your QB three, he's like a, Donald is like a floor player at this point, in my opinion. So I think, yes, you've got all the narrative around Donald and the seeing ghosts and all this, but I think if anyone's going to fix him, it's going to be this offense and we'll see how it goes. But I, I just think that this is a, an absolutely great price for someone that you can see a value increase this year. And he's moved away from Gase. I can't go, like, I can't mention Donald and not mention that he's moving away. We saw what Tannehill did last year and the year before. Uh, I'm not saying that Donald's going to do the exact same, but. He's moving from Gase and whatever that roadshow was. Sorry, Rich. Um, but And then he's moving to Joe Brady, who seems to be a great offensive mind, and Matt Rule, who seems to be running the show really well there. So, yeah, that, that's my pick. How do you feel about that, Nick? Do you know what? I I love this. When I saw it, I thought, Sam Darnold, great pick. And I think Sam Darnold gets a bit of an unfair rep. I don't think the New York Jets did him justice. I think there's a good quarterback in there. I think there's certainly a top 20 quarterback in there. And I love this pick because it's make or break, I think, for Sam Darnold. It's either going to work for him 
in Carolina or it isn't. And I, I think if it doesn't, he runs the risk of falling into that backup that backup QB role somewhere else. He's got everything he needs to succeed with this team. They've got a really good set of receivers there. They've got the best running back in the league. So, you know, everything has fallen nicely into place for him. I think it's it's a great pick, and I think what you can pick him up for as well is definitely worth the risk. I think like, it's difficult for me to be rational about Sam Darnold. I'm completely, you know, impartial. That's that's not going to be me. I think, look, but my issue with Sam Darnold is when was the last time we we had an NFL quarterback that had 38 career starts across three years, was given the opportunity, had never really produced, and then turned it round and was successful. I mean, why are you classing as given the opportunity? Well, look, he, 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 had, <laughs> he had 38 career starts. Yes, I get that the offensive line was dreadful. He was throwing passes to... Braxton Barrios and you know Deontay Burnett and people like that. Like it, it was awful what he was given to try and work with. And he had Adam, Adam Gase and Dow Loggins fighting over who wasn't calling plays for him. It was a joke. But at some point, if if we if we've got you know an NFL caliber quarterback, at some point he kind of lifts what's around him. And I I just don't know if. Sam Darnold's going to be the answer. And I, and I fear for that Carolina offence that we're going to see the same Sam Darnold that we've seen for the last three years and Carolina's going to be looking for quarterback in, in six months. But I appreciate I'm incredibly negative when it comes to Sam Darnold. <laughs> I, I get your points and I really do agree from it from that point of view that he's a massive risk and that's why I put him on here as a contender you really want to be taking those risks because if they pay off, they're going to push you forward and push you above the competition that aren't taking those risks. The thing with Donald is they not only went, the, the Panthers not only went out and traded for him, they traded away Teddy, who wasn't on a massive contract. Yes, it was a starter contract, but it wasn't massive. And they traded Teddy away for like a sixth that's not a lot for a starting quarterback. And then they went out to get Darnold. And what did they pay a second? Was it rich? Yeah. So I think that look, Sam Darnold is starting for for the Panthers all year. And at the price, you know, what are you paying? Two two seconds. He's he's likely gonna be the starter. They've also picked up the fifth year option for next year, which is guaranteed. So I think you know you're paying essentially potentially two seconds for pretty much guaranteed two years of a starting quarterback with the weapons that he's got. So I I completely get that the price you're having to pay, I, th- I think it's worthwhile. I just wouldn't feel comfortable if he was my QB3. If he's my QB4, I'm happy. If he's my QB3, I'm I'm feeling like I need to go out and get another option. Uh, so so my pick, um, I'm going to go with Big Ben. And to be honest, you, could, you can pretty much copy and paste a lot of what Liam said about the weapons that Sam Donald had. Um, and and essentially trump that with with some better weapons in Pittsburgh. I think you could argue that Big Ben's got the best receiving core in the NFL. Maybe you could argue Tampa or Dallas, but let's be honest, he's got three absolute studs. Big Ben's, you know, not sexy, 
But I think any time you can get a starting NFL quarterback for probably a second, maybe even less than that in a Superflex league, I think it's it's incredible. This is a guy that averaged 42 pass attempts per year last year. Um, the, the question that everybody has is, is his shoulder, is his deep ball, is, is that healthy, is his elbow healthy? And I think that if it is... Big Ben could easily, you know, outpay what you're having to pay to acquire to get him. I think he could have a top 15 season and and at the prices he's currently going at, he's, you know, QB 29 in ADP. That's that's an absolute bargain. Um, what do you think, Nick? Do you think Big Ben's got one more fantasy relevant year left in him? I think he's potentially got one more season there. My only concern with Big Ben is... When you compare his production first half of the year versus second half of the year or season, it, I don't know if age just caught up. That 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 is the thing. I don't know if age just caught up because early on in the season, it looked like Big Ben of old, you know, comes out of the blocks, three touchdowns the week after, two touchdowns, one inception, two touchdowns the week after, three touchdowns the week after that. You know, Pittsburgh at one point were... They were a lot of people's favourites to at least be in the AFC Championship game with, with the Chiefs. And it just went off a cliff. There was that week where they had four four touchdowns against Cincinnati, Big Ben did. He had 29 fancy points that week. And then following that, he only broke the 20 barrier once. I don't know if it is just the case of Age caught up with him. I know he was coming off the the serious injury anyway. So, you know, did that catch up with him as the season went on? I don't know. I, I get the pick, Rich, because I mean he's he's dirt cheap, and you, there's no one else that's going to be starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. You, you're getting at least the season out of him, and I think if you are on the cusp it's definitely worth the risk to bring someone like Big Ben in because any given week he could give you 20 plus we know that we you know we know what we're getting and it's an exciting offense there in Pittsburgh it sh- surely will only be helped by having someone like Najee Harris there as well which they've not really had a capable running back really since Le'Veon Bell left I know Connor had the the one good season but since then they've had injury prone you know they've had issues there so i think it's a good pick. I'm just concerned about the health there and the shoulder, and I, I, I don't know if he's still got it. I, I, I don't know. I think that potentially he's the one quarterback in the NFL that would benefit from fewer pass attempts. You know, we said he led the league last year. He had 42 over 42 pass attempts a game. Well, they've gone and spent a first round pick on a running back. They're going to use him. Yes, if if he, if we see a reduction in pass attempts, could that see? an improvement in efficiency and, and that longevity throughout the seasons if if we can kind of maintain that shoulder and elbow rather than fall off a cliff. I think we've got to that point as well with, with Big Ben. When you watch him actually play, the more time he seems to have with the ball, the, the worse decisions he <laughs> seems to make with it. And I think he, he is quite an instinctual quarterback and I think when you do give him a little bit too much time or you expect too much in the passing game, you're setting yourself up for a fall there, especially at this time in his career now. He's had a lot of, he's took a lot of big hits. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. 
you know they're going to use Najee Harris, and it's 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 going to be exciting to see what happens with the Pittsburgh offense there now that they have got someone capable of running the ball. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I like the I like the pick, um, and I like the price as well. Very cheap, but I think you've just got to settle with the fact that if you bring in someone like Big Ben in, you're probably getting a season, and that's it. Yeah, he needs to be your your QB four for that win now, doesn't he? So, so Nick, we're going to switch to running backs. Who's uh, who's your running back pick? Oh, reluctantly, I'm going to go with Chris Carson. I nearly did change my mind on this, but I'll stick with my initial thoughts. Um, this feels like a bit of another conflict pick, to be <laughs> fair. Um, I, th- I think the situation's improved a little bit for Chris Carson this year in that he's not got Carlos Hyde eating into the carry share like he had last season. Um, that said, Rashad Penny is going to be back to full health, we assume. But what is behind him on the depth chart, essentially Rashad Penny and DJ Dallas. I mean, Dallas didn't really do anything with the opportunities he was presented with last year, though they were few and far between. Rashad Penny has never really shown us that he, he, he has a clean bill of health or is someone that you can rely on. If he is, you know, if he is good to go, you know, I suspect he'll pick up some of that slack what Carlos Hyde is leaving behind. Seattle seem to love him, but Pete Carroll loves Chris Carson. And we know that Seattle are a team that love to run the football, not as much last season, but I think that was also in part due to the offensive line issues they had. I just don't think they moved the ball as well last season. Russell Wilson was pressured a lot. I think they need to go back to what they do best, Seattle, and that is running the ball. And Chris Carson is a he's, a, he's essentially a north-south running back. He is as hard as a running back as you're going to get. He's tough to bring down. He's a big body. I think their offense works better when they do run the ball as well. So this isn't a flashy pick by any stretch, but when you look at some of the other names that, surround Chris Carson at that ADP I think this is probably the the guy that you're going to get the cheapest to do essentially the same job as maybe someone like a Josh Jacobs might do or a, you know a David Montgomery for example those kind of guys that I think there's more upside to those players but I think given Carson's age and given that he's coming off a bit of a down season, he's probably the cheapest you're going to acquire around that that ADP region. What do you think, Liam? Are you a, are you a Carson believer? I think I like it because of the price. I think the biggest thing for me is the injuries. Um, I don't know how I feel about having him as a, cute, uh, as a running back three or four based on his injuries. Um, and I think that... If Petty is healthy, they're going to try and get something out of him. So maybe he goes into that Hyde role that Hyde had last year. Um, but if Chris Carson is healthy for the full season, it, the price of what a high second is near near enough. Just why not snap it up um, and grab a, a running back two as your running back three or four. I, I I love the pick from the the price, but again, as I said, I think the the main thing for me is how those injuries are going to going to affect Chris Carson this year and whether he actually finishes out this season. 
Um, how do you feel about it, Rich? I I don't dislike it. I just think for me personally, and the way I like to build my rosters, is I don't like having what I class as kind of volume-based RB2s that don't have that upside. And I think that, you know, Chris Carson's ceiling, if he played 17 games, you know, Rashad Penny gets injured again, Chris Carson has that backfield to his own. His ceiling's what? RB12 as an absolute best-case scenario. Um, I, I just, I personally would rather go and find two or three backs that are cheaper that that could potentially give me Chris Carson volume. But I do think that if you just want a nice, safe, steady flex play that you can, you know, you can pencil in your your 10 to 15 points a week, I, ab- I absolutely get going out and acquiring Chris Carson. I mean, if he's your flex, then I'm, I'm snapping up a high second for him every time of the week because... If you can get that steady production as a flex spot, you've got more of an opportunity to play those upside plays that you spoke about. So I think that's where I'm, I sit, is if you you need that floor, then you've got more room to play those bigger upside plays. Yeah. So where, where are we going for your running back pick then, Lynn? Well, Nick... Uh, hinted or should i say threw a little shade at uh uh, my pick so (laughs) david montgomery is mine so for a price of uh probably a first at this point um he finished last year as the rb4 um overall but the rb6 in points per game um so i think with him he had a very strong finish to the season and people are using that against him which I never thought I'd ever say about any player I don't think I've known any player have a strong finish and have that used against him to bring his price down and his ADP um he he had an absolute swish cheese of a of a um schedule at the end of the, the year he ended up putting up over 1500 yards and both for the air and rushing combined last year because Cohen was down and so I think Cohen coming back does limit his upside in the passing game Um, but it all depends on whether Tariq Cohen can come back from his ACL tear fully fit and what he was like before Um, and I I know that some people are probably thinking Damian Williams has now been signed there, but I'm not really worried about Damian Williams either. Um, he's had a year out. Um, yes, he had a great season with the uh, Chiefs um, before he opted out last year, but I, I don't see him being much of a threat to what De- uh, David Montgomery did um, and what he's going to do this year. How do you feel about this? Because... I think some people either love him and think that David Montgomery is going to go and finish as a running back one again this year as a top 12 running back, or people are thinking that he's not anything and and he's not even going to finish as an RB2. So we'll, we'll shoot over to Nick as you're the guest. How, how do you feel about that? My thing with David Montgomery is 
you and you mentioned that he was basically up against was it cheese the analogy that you used Swiss cheese yeah Swiss cheese I mean when you look at when you look at who he was for me we've seen the real David Montgomery we we there's enough of a sample size from previous years and even the first half of last year that for me I don't think there's a massive justification to pay that much more than what you might pay for, say, someone like a Chris Carson to go out and go and get a David Montgomery. A, because of the fact that Tariq Cohen is coming back and we know he's going to contribute out of the backfield, as he always does. When you look at the schedule last year where he went on his run, Green Bay, one of the worst run defences in the league. Detroit, one of the worst run defences in the league. Houston, exactly the same. Minnesota, Exactly the same. You were basically, these are the kind of, Jacksonville, these are the kind of teams where if you had a running back against these teams in DFS, you were putting them in your lineup every week because statistically, there's some of the worst teams in the league. So it's no surprise to me that he performed in the way that he did. You know, well done to Chicago for realising you were coming up against some really poor run defences fantastic you finally realize that if you use a running back against those teams you've got a good chance of success which we saw but for me I feel like the sample size we've seen of David David Montgomery prior to that I don't think was anything spectacular I don't mind it as a you know if you can go out and grab him for a first I feel he probably is worth paying that for but I don't Cohen coming back concerns me as well I have to say. For me, you know, copy and paste everything I said about Chris Carson. I just, David Montgomery as a running back just doesn't excite me. If you look at some of the, the kind of advanced analytics, okay, so football outsiders produce success rate, DVOA, that kind of thing. So last year, he was the 30th ranked running back in DVOA. He was the 36th ranked running back in success rate. Okay. The reason he succeeded last year was, as you've both said, volume and defences he put faced. Okay, the defences faced are going to change. Now the volume argument, I think, yes, Tree Cummings back, yes, Damian Williams is back, but I think the thing that people are, are forgetting about this offense is that we're likely to see a quarterback change. Okay, Justin Fields is going to come in. Justin Fields is a, a mobile quarterback. That means we might see a reduction in terms of rushing attempts for David Montgomery. We're certainly going to see a reduction in checkdowns. Okay. Well, I think Tariq Cohen will still get his opportunities if fit, if he ever comes back fit, because he's going to get, you know, schemed up to get the ball in space. But I think what goes aside with rushing quarterbacks is those checkdowns. And, and that would be my concern for David Montgomery. I think the hate has gone a little bit too far. I think that actually he's, he's he is a discount now, as Liam said. You know, this is a guy that finishes the RB four last year, RB six in points per game. I think, yeah, would I pay a first for him? Maybe, maybe if I was desperate. I think there's potentially better options, but I do get it as a as a buy because I think that look, I don't love David Montgomery. It's, as I said with Chris Carson, it's the kind of guy that I don't like buying because I think I can replicate their production from cheaper guys but I think it is a little bit ridiculous that his price has plummeted so much in, in the space of six months 
I think the only thing I'd say to the type of defences he went up against, if he didn't do what he did last year against those defences, what would the hate be like now? He, he, he would be nothing. So you expect that sort of stuff coming from um, a running back going against those bottom running back, or bottom defences against the run. And I just had a quick look at Jonathan Taylor's um, schedule and he played a lot of the same defences and didn't do as well. But he's been praised for doing well against those defences. So I'm not saying neither of you have said that because you obviously haven't. But I think the community in general need to take a look at some of the stuff that we're saying about Jonathan Taylor, who is the running back four off the board in Dynasty, if not higher. And then actually apply it both ways. I think we're we're trying to have our ice cream and eat it. I suppose I feel is like, the, the best way to put it. I feel like you're just trying to trigger Nick by bringing up Jonathan Taylor here. So Nick, Nick, <laughs> Nick, do you want to respond? I mean, the the only thing I'd say with Jonathan Taylor is I still don't think we've seen the true upside there of Jonathan Taylor because he was held back by Naheem Hines for the first half of the season. I feel like you only really saw Jonathan Taylor come to the fore in the second half of the season. I still stand by the fact we've seen David Montgomery. That I can't make it any clearer than that. Prior to the Green Bay game in week 12, um, his highest score was against New York Giants in week two. Before that, you know, you look at any other game he plays up until Green Bay in week 12, you're, you're lucky to break 12 points with him. And there's plenty of weeks littered amongst that where you're not actually breaking 10. And that, for me, is the David Montgomery that we know. And we saw it the season before as well. It's not like this is a small sample size. He's a rookie coming in. We've had two seasons of David Montgomery now. And, and as you said, Rich, the defences he's going to be playing against... They're not the Green Bays, Detroit, Minnesota, Jacksonville's, Houston that he came up against in that run at the end of the season. Yes, he did what he did. Fantastic. You expect him to. But it was a very, very easy running for him. I'd, and obviously, if you're making the argument between him and Jonathan Taylor, I think there's a lot more upside there for Jonathan Taylor. So... Think I could just go on about this argument all the way through this pod, but... Um, Feels like yeah, feels I like think... Murph and Nick have been having the same argument for the past four months, <laughs> Liam. So I, I wouldn't I don't wouldn't... don't get me wrong, Liam. I complete I I agree with you regarding where Jonathan Taylor is being drafted, but I still don't think that changes things yeah. on on David Montgomery. On my view on David <laughs> Montgomery, if you're asking who would I rather after out of the two, there's no question there. There's no argument whatsoever. Oh, definitely. That's why the prices are completely different. But yeah, that's what. I'm saying is uh, Monty's price at the moment, I think is a great candidate to outperform that. And I didn't bring Jonathan Taylor up to throw any shade or anything like that at Jonathan <laughs> Taylor or the truth is around. Well, but... you need to, you need to stop speaking to Murph. I think we have been having words. You who was coming on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll finish. We'll finish the debate there and, and let me talk a bit more. So, um, so we're going to move on to my running back. So that is uh, Kyle Edward Solaire. Um, I'll be honest, this is, he's one of my biggest buys in, in all of dynasty. I, I don't get the idea of, 
why his price has plummeted so much. Um, I get people thinking this is a win now pod, but you know, for me, yes, he's a sophomore running back, but that's that's where I want to be buying running backs. I think we've seen his price was obscene when he came out as a rookie. You know, he was going as the RB4, RB5 in startups. It was absolutely ridiculous. But he he was all right last year. You know, people think that that he was disappointed. He, he averaged 13 and a half points per game. He finished as the RB19, but only played 13 games. The issue with CH was that he didn't get much goal line work and he only had, I say only, had 54 targets. And I think people were hoping he'd be a 80 plus target guy. We've seen, you know, that him lose competition in that offense. Yes, Lev Bell's gone out the door. He was the corpse of Lev Bell last year, but but he was still, you know, taking a decent amount of work. CH only had a, a 54% opportunity share last year. We've seen the Chiefs throw an incredible amount of resources at that offensive line. You've now got one of the best left guards in the league. You've got, they they, they spent uh, a, a reasonably high draft peak on, on Creed Humphreys, which by all accounts is, you know, a, a very good centre. They've gone and, and traded for um, for Brown from Ravens, who they're going to shift him across the left, left tackle. But again, a fantastic run blocking tackle when he was in in Baltimore. Why why is Ceh's price still so cheap? This is a guy that's going behind Najee Harris, behind DeAndre Swift, behind Antonio Gibson, behind J.K. Dobbins. Um, I I just can't understand it. I'm expecting to see last year as his floor. I think that we'll see some more pass game usage. I think that we'll see a better rapport. I think we'll see a better offensive line. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see a few more goal line carries. Um, if I can go out and buy CEH at, at what I think is his floor, which is where he's currently being priced, that's a, a smash buy for me all day. What do you think, Nick? Am I, am I overhyping Edward Solaire or, or am I, are you seeing it? No, I, I I wouldn't say overhyping. I to be honest, when I saw the name down, Rich, I was I was completely on board with that. He's the kind of name I'd have been looking at. To be honest, if if I could have picked him, but obviously I went down the Carson route. But I think the only the only shade I suppose on Clyde Edwards Allure is that there's always been that question mark on his pass blocking, and it was that one of the reasons why. The Chiefs maybe brought in some reinforcements last season. He, you know, there was times where they were struggling to move the ball. I get that they've they've enhanced their offensive line and needed to, especially after what you know watching the Super Bowl. Absolutely horrendous what Patrick Mahomes had to run a marathon to actually throw the ball in that game. But yeah, I I, I don't hate this. Um, I think. If you're going to buy him, now is the time to buy him because I think if he has a good season, I think you're going to see his price creeping up to somewhere similar to what it was coming out of the draft. Maybe not quite that high because I think given that he was drafted where he was by the Chiefs and given that we expected him to have a really, really productive year, like you said, heavily involved in the passing game, I don't think you'll have to pay quite what people might have been asking for when he was drafted last season. But I think if he has a good season, his price is certainly going to be a lot higher than what it is currently. 
And one of the things that's always worth remembering with Edwards Hilaire as well is he's got that extra year of being contracted to the Chiefs. So you've, you're buying that potential extra year of production out of him as well if, you, if you're keeping him long term. So don't hate that at all. I am expecting a bounce back year. I think for me, I just want pieces of this offence and Kelsey's unattainable if if he's on a contender. Mahomes' price is, you know, your, your firstborn child at this date, right? And, you know, Tyreek Hill, you, you're talking several firsts. I think CH for me is the one great piece in that offence that I think is attainable. And I just think that his current price is, is cheap. I think, I, I think what, is positive about what the Chiefs have done this offseason as well is that they've focused on the line and last season you you think well they bring in Le'Veon Bell and you had Williams running fairly well towards the end of the season like he always seems to do when it comes to the playoffs and I think given that there's been a loss in the backfield and they haven't really replaced anyone I think that's a positive for this season that shows that they are that, you know there is actually a lot of faith they're invested in Edwards Hiller to bounce back and have that good season. I think if they'd have carried on that trend and brought in some more experienced bodies again this off season, I'd have been a little bit more concerned. But for me, the pathway is clear for him. You know, he's he's got everything he needs now to have a really good year, which you'd expect him to have. I think it's it's a, certainly a good time to buy him, as good as any. Yeah, the only Are you telling me that Jarek McKinnon's not. The experienced back at 29 years old. But they signed Jarek McKinnon to a minimum contract. So there's a reason why Jarek McKinnon was available for a minimum contract. I'm I'm not I know, concerned I about the corpse of Jarek McKinnon, who, you know, if he can stay healthy for, for two games, may may take a few passing routes off, off CH. I'm I'm very convinced that CH is going to be a workhorse. And I think that opportunity share, you know, he's he's never going to be a an 80-90% guy, but if he can tick that opportunity share closer to the 70% mark, I think CH has genuinely got top five RB um, kind of ceiling and and for the price, you know, a first, a second, I'm I'm more than happy to go and pay that. Yeah, and I think with Jarrett McKinnon as well, you know, San Francisco were down to basically suiting up the coaches and potentially some of the backroom staff <laughs> last season at running back. And we still didn't see great production out of Jarrett McKinnon coming off that injury. So, yeah, I'm with you, Rich. No concern there whatsoever. I thoroughly threw, I purely threw that out just for a bit of sarcasm. We know, just to, we know just you're to a Jer- Jarrett McKinnon true for secretly somewhere there. Yeah. <laughs> I do have him on a couple of boxes, but I don't <laughs> expect anything from it. So, Nick, so, so jump into your wide receiver. So who's who's the wide receiver that you want that you think is going to tip you over the edge? So I have gone with Bobby Woods of the Rams, and you could make the case to have Cooper Cup in this position, to be fair. And I, I think either are a good acquisition. The only reason I've gone Robert Woods over Cooper Cup is that he is the cheaper of the two and is, for me, he's actually the true wide receiver one at the Rams. I know Cooper Cup, when the season's all said and done, might be the slightly more targeted. He might be the red zone wide receiver. Cooper Cup tends to get the targets when it comes to that region of the field. And that has been something that's hampered Robert Woods in 
previous seasons, maybe not so much last season, he finished with six touchdowns. I think it was two the season before. So there was an uptick there in his touchdowns. But I think Robert Woods is a, a receiver that you can acquire. I think he's undervalued personally in what he offers. Um, you could argue that at times he's a better wide receiver in, in an actual game or more important to the Rams in a game than maybe his fantasy performance suggests. But he is the chain mover on that offense. And you've got Matt Stafford coming in. I think I can't really stress how much of an upgrade that could potentially be for this offense. I think Matt Stafford is in a tier. He's, he's in tiers above Jared Goff, let's be honest. And I think the fact that you've given Matt Stafford an offense that has Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, potentially Deshaun Jackson for the one game that will have him this season before he's back on the stretcher. Um, you know, Tyler Higby, I get that Cam Akers has gone down, but for me, that also helps the likes of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup because I think that even though we're a team that likes to run the ball, for me, Daryl Henderson isn't Cam Akers, so I, I do think that you'll potentially see a little bit more passing there or a little bit more responsibility put on the shoulders of Matt Stafford. And I think Robert Woods is... When you look at the receivers that have done well in Detroit while Stafford has been there, I think Robert Woods is more the prototypical kind of receiver that he seemed to really connect well with. I think... It's it's going to be very much, you know, neck and neck. I think if you go out there and you're going to go and spend and buy Cooper Cup, go and do it. You you're going to pay a first, but I think you can acquire Robert Woods for a little bit less. And if you're looking for that wide receiver two, wide receiver three, or a flex play, I think you can get him for a second. And I think he's he's going to give you good production over the season. You know, he finished above players like. You know Terry McLaurin and the the Pittsburgh wide receivers. You know Chase Claypool, Johnson, uh, Juju. He's finished above all those guys last season, and they're going to be a lot more expensive to acquire. So for me, you know, I just think the price is too good to turn up. I think he's he's overlooked so often. Yeah, I I love me some Bobby Trees. I think it feels like we have this conversation every year and. Every year he's undervalued. Every year he starts to fall down, you know, ADP and, and draft boards. And, and every year he's a fringe wide receiver one, sort of high-end wide receiver two. You then throw in the fact that he's probably catching balls from the, well, definitely the best quarterback he's ever caught balls from. I think that offence, you know, Sean McVay's talked a few times whenever he's talked to the media, this, this is going to be a pass-first offence. And I think that, you know, I, I said about wanting to get pieces of, um, the Chiefs offense. I absolutely want to get pieces of uh, of this Rams offense. I think it's a a fantastic offense. I think it's going to be high flying. I think you're going to see Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods both outproduce ADPs from a redraft perspective this year. And you know, as you said, I think they can absolutely be be acquired on the cheap at the moment. Do you agree, Liam? Yeah, I, I agree with everything that's been said. There's nothing that I can really add. Um, I think it really comes down to preference on whether you want to go out and get Woods or whether you want to go and get Cup. Um, whoever you think is going to see more of the ball and score more fancy points. But I think if you're going to get either or one of them, then you're probably in a contending position. So e- either way there, you, you've got no, you can't go wrong in my opinion. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Liam, your your wide receiver pick, where are we going? Well, go with Juju and Juju Smith-Schuster. So he's the cheapest of the three options, according to ADP at the moment um, in Pittsburgh. So you've got Deontay going at the wide receiver 24, Clay Paul at the wide receiver 22, and then Juju at the wide receiver 30. So I... I can understand why people don't want Juju at the moment. He's got, he's on a one-year contract. Um, so there's uncertainty next year. No one knows where he's going. And he was really inconsistent last year. He was up and down. There were weeks where he'd give you basically nothing. And then there were weeks where he'd give you 25 points. But I think he's great to have on your roster. He'll finish as a mid-wide receiver too, if not higher. Um, he's shown that he can do well. And uh, if he's got weapons around him, let's just think back to when he had Antonio Brown. Um, And I think that Claypool and Deontay will draw enough coverage to make sure Juju can can do what he needs to do there. I think the issue with Juju at the moment is people don't realise how many targets he actually had last year. He had 128. We all talk about Deontay Johnson getting 144 targets. Um, But I don't think I've ever heard that Juju got 128 targets last year. That is not too far off. That's what a game or two off, having Deontay Johnson targets. And that offence, as we spoke about earlier, passes the ball a lot. I think they've passed the ball over 600 times over the past couple of years. That I don't think that getting the cheapest option in that offence, that it's a heavily passing offence, is by any means a bad call. Um, how are you feeling about that, Nick? Yeah, I love, I love this pick actually because... And again, I think it comes back to price there for me because I think Deontay Johnson and Claypool... Uh, they're obviously more expensive to acquire, and there is that uncertainty over Juju. But I think, I think we're going to see a bit of a different Juju this year. I think we're going to. Well, I hope we do. I hope we see a more locked-in Juju, less of the TikTok boy, and more of the Juju we got the season before, where you know, very similar kind of production to what what maybe we had last year. And I think it does get overlooked a little bit because when you compare it to what the other Pittsburgh receivers were doing, I think he's being criminally undervalued almost because you almost had the same output from him, you know, nine touchdowns, 831 yards. He's he's rivaling what the other guys are doing there. He's not got as many yards as Deontay Johnson had, but he did have more touchdowns. I'm completely with you on the target share. Um, You know, do, do all receivers there in Pittsburgh see a target share drop this year? Or, or targets drop because of Najee Harris coming in. That you know that's a possibility as well. But my only concern with Pittsburgh is that there is most to feed there, um, and I suspect that Juju is still going to get his hundred plus targets this season. But I think when you own someone like Juju Smith-Schuster, you have to accept the fact that one week he could give you single figures he could give you that for a couple of weeks and then he could give you a game where you're getting 20 plus points from him. And I think that's just the nature of the beast with the Pittsburgh offense that any given week, 
you could get that really stellar performance from either him or it could be Deontay Johnson or it could be Chase Claypool. I think Deontay Johnson is probably the most consistent of the three. You're going to, I think you've just got to accept that you're going to get those peaks and troughs with Juju though. I, I'll be honest. I can't get my head around Juju Smith-Schuster's price. Okay. This is a guy, if I was to sit here and say to you, we've got a 24-year-old wide receiver who has been in the NFL for four years. Through those four seasons, he's had one top 12 season, two top 24 seasons, and a season in which he was injured. Oh, and you can buy him now, age 24, for wide receiver three prices. It's mind-blowing. It's, you know, this is a guy that, you can get for half the price of Terry McLaurin, yet has has produced far more than Terry McLaurin. Oh, and he's two years younger. I think that that we 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 look at all these amazing options, and yes, Chase Claypool's a you know a, a physical freak, and yes, I think Deontay Johnson's going to be the target leader in this offense. But you know, all three of them produced like wide receiver two seasons last year with a broken down big bet. If Big Ben is, you know, healthier than he was last year, if we see that average depth of target for Juju, which was criminally low and the lowest of his career, creep up slightly, he can easily pay back wide receiver two prices. And then he's a 25-year-old receiver hitting the open market. I just I just can't get it. I just can't get my head around the price. I think this is, you know, a fantastic pick, Liam. I think he's easily someone to go out and buy. I think that people are concerned about mouse to feed in Pittsburgh. I, I don't see it personally. I think we didn't see it last year. I don't think we're going to see it again this year. And, you know, as I said, this is a guy that three out of his four years in the NFL has produced wide receiver two or better. And you can get him for a wide receiver three price. I'm, I'm all in on, you know, normally we'd see that from the receiver that's, that's 30, you know, you might get one or two years on. At 24, you're going to get plenty of opportunity out of Juju. It's easy easy buy for me at his price. So so switching and going to tight end then, Nick. So who's your your tight end pick? Um, To be honest, I hate this position um, because it's just... (laughs) Yes. I I hate this position and anyone that listens to the DFS pod knows that both myself and Mark, we both have the same opinion of this position that... You might as well just throw a dart at a board and whoever it lands on, start them for that week. Um, outside of the, the top three or four guys, you're not getting you're not getting consistent production, um, which is one of the reasons why I went with this with this tight end, Rob Gronkowski in in Tampa Bay. He finished um, he finished the season last year, I think, tight end eight um, in most standard scoring. And I think it was fairly similar in PPR, half PPR. One of the reasons that drew me to Gronkowski is we just don't know how long he has left, I suppose. This could be his last season. He may sign on for another season. Um, I think that's something that you've got to be worried with if you do acquire him, that you're probably not acquiring someone for a, a long time. Certainly not, you know, you're not going out and buying a Mark Andrews or a Darren Waller. But He's, he's Brady's guy. I, I can't, you know, Brady still looks for him. He still targets him. Everyone's back in Tampa. 
Um, you know, we know that they, they share the ball, but everyone on that offense seems to have injury history or concerns. Mike Evans never seems to be fully healthy for a full 16 games. Chris Godwin always seems to be on and off the field. OJ Howard's coming back from a massive injury. And I hope we see what he was prior to the injury because it looked like he was potentially going to have himself a, a breakout season. You know, they were talking him up, but it's a it's a big injury to come back from Gronk. He's always had the injury question mark over his head, but he suited up for all 16 regular season games last year. So, you know, you, you're getting someone who's he's going to start every week. He's Brady's go-to guy. Maybe not when you look at some of the receivers there, but just that connection that they've had for years and years. And then I think what you can go and get Rob Gronkowski for, you know, if you're going to go and pay for a tight end, if it's anyone outside of those top three or four guys, he's probably one of your most reliable guys. And it, I, I don't know, it, it's it's a tough one, this, because I hate this position. I think you're much of a muchness between your guy that's ranked fifth and your guy that's ranked 15th, in all honesty. But I think what you can go and get Rob Gronkowski for, no one's asking a premium for him. And you're potentially getting someone who is going to get his red zone targets. And Brady loves him. I, I, I don't know. I think I, I hate to disagree with everything you've just said, but I'm going to disagree with everything <laughs> you've just said, Nick. Um, I, I don't get the Gronk love. Yes, he finished his tight end eight last year, but we've seen... You know, there's now three receivers in that offense. I think that last year, I don't know the, the number of games, but Antonio Brown obviously missed the, the start of the season. We then saw Chris Godwin injured down the stretch. I think that at best, Gronk is fifth in targets in that offense. I think we'll see Gio Bernard get more targets than him. And yes, I, I hear what you're saying about the touchdowns. I think, you know, if you're looking at it on a weekly basis, basically outside the top, you know, five or six, you're, you're basically punting on whichever tight end is going to catch a touchdown and, and Gronk could easily fulfil that. But for me, I'd rather take a punt on upside. I, th- I think that with Gronk as well, because of who he is, because he's that that fun-loving character, you know, we, we talked about it earlier with Kirk Cousins and Chris Carson being cornflakes. That's not Gronk. So for me, I think you actually have to pay a bit of a premium because of his name. You know, if, if he was called Joe Smith and, and didn't have all the the fun, um, you know, extracurricular activity, shall we say, I think his price would be cheaper than it is. I think you're actually paying a premium because of he's arguably the greatest tight end of all time than what he's actually producing now. And, and for me, I'd rather in a similar tier go and buy, you know, a Mo Ali Cox or a Blake Jarwin or someone like that, that yes, doesn't have the name appeal, does, doesn't have the, the incredible track record that Gronk does. But for me could, has, has more upside, but also has as much of a, yes, he could catch a touchdown and fall over into the end zone on any given week. Liam, do you want to split the tie? Are, are you a, a Gronk believer or, or are you with me? I don't. I honestly have no idea on Gronk. Oh, you're going to sit on the fence again, Liam. So, well, if you didn't jump in, I, I'd have <laughs> sided with you. But I'm going to side with Nick now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. Unfortunately, Rich. Um, I think Gronk does have that upside, especially on a weekly basis, to go and grab those touchdowns. 
but you're really going to have to figure out which weeks is going to do it. And I think OJ Howard's going to come back and have a good season. When when OJ Howard was playing last season, I know it wasn't for long, but he played pretty well. So I, I don't know how he's going to do next year. I suppose no one does, but I think that there's better tight ends around um, Gronk's range right now than that you can take a punt on. But I'm I'm so glad to hear, Nick, that you don't like the tight end position. Although I like the tight end position, I don't like tight end premium. So you're, you're at least halfway there in my eyes. I, I can't stand it. But unless, obviously, you own one of the top guys, um, you know, I was on the fence to maybe throw in a Jonu Smith or someone like that into this. But I, for me, you can't get what you're saying, Rich, but... For me, you you can't ignore the output. You know, the it, it's the right, it, it's, it. It, you, you know we could we could say that yeah, there's mouths to feed on this offense. Um, you know that didn't stop Eric Ebron having a half decent season in Pittsburgh last season with another three receivers to contend with and whoever was in the backfield week on week. You know, I think yes, Mike Evans is there. Yes, we've got Godwin. Yes, Antonio Brown came in in the second half of the season. OJ Howard might come back and might be an absolute stud, top 10 tight end, um, you know, picks up where he left off before his injury. On the flip side of that, he might not. He might not come back. They may not want to rush him back if he's in the plans long term. You know, don't forget there was talk of OJ Howard actually being traded. So maybe he isn't in the long term plans there in Tampa Bay. Uh, Antonio Brown, we know, is a bit of a head case anyway. And, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, he's, he, Chris Godwin's not suiting up for 16 games. I, I, it's not happening. Mike Evans, he's a, you know he's your safe guy on that offense, I think. But you just can't ignore that that production for me. 77 targets last year, 600 plus yards, seven touchdowns. His, his touchdowns put him just outside the the top five in tight ends. His yards put him within the top ten. I think. I get the thing with the name, but for me, I, I feel like I've seen it the other way. I feel like his prices, it, it's for me, his price is low because you don't know how much longer Gronk's going to play football for. You know, this is a guy you could pick up off the waiver wire last season, and we don't know now is he going to be here beyond next season? He might not be. This might be his, his swan song year. You know, go out with another ring if he can, but. Yeah, I, I, it's so, it's just one of those positions where I think the the production you get week on week is so random across anyone outside of the top four that you know whoever you start, you're either going to be really happy or really disappointed. Okay, well let let me give you my tight end that I'm I'm excited about. Then um, I feel like I'm the only person in in the entire world that's excited. I think he's a a, a bit bland, but that's Logan Thomas. Okay. Logan Thomas finished last year as the tight end five. He had a target share of 19% and he's just been extended for three years. Okay. Now, whilst I am not a fan of the quarterback in Washington, in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'm not, (laughs) I'm not convinced that he's an upgrade as a quarterback, I think the one thing that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick will do is, is push the ball down the field. Okay. So I did a little bit of diving. Um, I, I came, looked through the, the sharp 
football analysis almanac. Okay, so last year, the average air yards per completion for the NFL was 5.9. Okay, the quarterbacks, Logan Thomas was catching balls from last year. Alex Smith was at 3.6. Dwayne Haskins was at 3.9. Ryan Fitzpatrick was at 6.4. So almost double what Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins were. I think that, yes, Washington have added options to that offence. Yes, we'll see Curtis Samuel if, if he gets back on the field. Yes, they've added Diami Brown in the draft. So I wouldn't be shocked if Logan Thomas's target share dropped from 19% to a, you know, a 15 16%. But I think that the value of those targets is only going to increase. I think that we're going to see him, let's be honest, Logan Thomas is an athletic freak. And I think he's now going to be able to push the seam and run those routes through the middle that basically Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins didn't throw last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick is, you know, the most gunslingery quarterback in the NFL and he's going to give Logan Thomas the opportunity to go up and get the ball. And I think that this is only a good thing for Logan Thomas. And this is a guy, as I said, he finished as the tight end five last year. And you can currently get him as what, tight end 11, tight end 12? I think for me, if I'm punting the position and, and not wanting to buy those kind of mid-round guys, Logan Thomas is absolutely a guy that I'm, I'm looking to acquire because I think he's dirt cheap. I think he's got the upside and, and the floor is there. We've seen that he's going to be at worst the number three target in the offence and, and command the you know, a 15, 16% target share. What do you think, Nick? Do you think Logan Thomas could could turn you around on the tight end position? To be honest, if 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 Logan Thomas was there to pick, I'd have gone with Logan Thomas. <laughs> I'd quite happily have gone with Logan Thomas because I I love Logan Thomas. I think he's he's you know the the fact that they have extended him as well shows that he's very much in the plans. That's the kind of tight end that I'd happily go and acquire at the right price. Um, he certainly, for me, has seen a price hike after last season, but you'd expect that because he had a really good year. I think he's he has got a really good quarter. Well, not a really good quarterback, but he's got a better opportunity to perform <laughs> this season. Yeah, he's got a better opportunity to perform this season compared with what he had last season. The only The only thing I would say is, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a pretty good tight end in Miami in Mike Jasicki. And Mike Jasicki wasn't not targeted, but I don't know if it's more a reflection on Mike Jasicki or, or whether it's more of a reflection on Ryan Fitzpatrick. But certainly in the first half of the season, very disappointed with the output that we got from Mike Jasicki and I don't know if that was just a I think for me that's a Changeli issue and I think that we've seen Changeli in his in his career as an offensive coordinator year on year his tight end usage is his kind of bottom bottom quarter of the NFL and I think that that is a you know a carryover from that I I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick has used the tight end. I, I don't think it's a Ryan Fitzpatrick issue. I think it's a Changeli issue. And I, I foresee him, you know, we saw him use someone like a Devontae Parker as that 
go up and get it, contested catch guy. And as good as um, Kurt Samuel is, as good as Terry McLaurin is, that's not the type of receivers they are. And I think that we're going to see Logan Thomas used in that XISO where he's lined up as the, the lone receiver on the opposite side of the trips. I think we're going to see Logan Thomas utilised in those contested catch areas. And I'm really excited about him this year. Liam, are you, are you making it a, a clean sweep of, of being in favour of Logan Thomas? I'm unfortunately going to break that. Um, I, I like Logan Thomas as the player. I just don't... I, I like players around him a little bit more. So uh, as we were talking earlier, I've probably been listening to Murph a little bit too much, but I am fully on board Tyler Higby, who's going for four picks later. Um for basically the same reasons as what we've mentioned with Logan Thomas. He had an extension. He's going to be the third target in that um, offense and arguably with the best quarterback he's ever had um, and a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he's going four tight ends later. So I think at the range that Thomas is going in, I think, yeah, if you're competing, I don't have a problem with it. He's going to do well. But I think you could probably look around that area and pick out any tight end there and probably come out better than than what you would expect. But Tyler Higby can't throw a 40-yard touchdown pass like Logan Thomas can. <laughs> that was always in your back pocket, wasn't it? In case yeah, any, 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 you know, anyone who can be a you know trick play artist, I'm I'm all in. You've fallen, you've fallen into the Tyler Higby trap, Liam. You have fallen. <laughs> well into that trap I was way out last season completely out well, I didn't agree with his price this this year I think tight end 18 I believe he's going according to sleeper ADP I think that's that's a worthy price of him what, what he's going to do at least well, I think I'm I'm in on both because Logan Thomas is my tight end 9 and Tyler Hickby is my tight end 10 so I think I'm higher than consensus on both <laughs> of them so. Um, but that, that concludes it for this week. So, Nick, thank you ever so much for, for joining us. It's fantastic to have you on. It's always a good show. Um, where where can the people find you and, and your work? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Nick of Wigan. And you can find me, well, there have been off-season pods around strategy, but we will be obviously a bit more regular with the season coming up. Um, we do the weekly DFS pod on Five Yard, myself and Mark. So keep an eye out for us when the season starts. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. It's been a great show. We've got a another interesting show lined up for next week. Um, on a, a personal point, I did uh, do a massive upgrade to my Dynasty Survival Kit this week. So if you are looking for rankings trade bag calculators, auction calculators, anything like that. It is my pin tweets. Um, But we will see you again next week. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. 
Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.